hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year. Glad to see you all again. Thank you for praying for me, and I am always praying for you. And uh, we are looking forward to the excitement of this new year. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a, 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 a subject that I'm sure that if you've been hearing anyone in church talk about, especially these pastors, talking about uh, the creation and all of these things. And we, we talked about this before, probably sometime uh, since I've been coming on in these last few years. And we talk about New Year's resolutions and that sort of thing. But tonight I want you to know this, that you are God's eternal New Year's resolution. Now I know there's someone saying, well, wait a minute, she's going over the top. What is she talking about that we are God's eternal New Year's resolution? Well, you know that uh, when we have our resolutions, we're going to stop doing whatever that we thought wasn't good enough or the something that was hindering us. Or we're going to start doing something better uh, that would improve us. Whatever we think that we need, that's what we want to do. So I'm going to prove to you that we are God's eternal New Year's resolution. I'm going to read a few scriptures first, and, and, and I know that some don't believe it. I want right now... Because uh, we, we often hear in a church that you shouldn't add or subtract to the word. I'm not going to add nor subtract to the word. But I am going to, as far as Genesis, maybe uh, bring in some thoughts of a child talking to a parent or to an adult. And, um, and also bring in something that, you know, has been thrown out there <laughs> since I've been alive. Uh, but just, I want you to not even uh, think about uh, religions, oppositions, and all of these sort of things. Because we talked about before, when you have a relationship with the Most High, through Christ Jesus, there is no religion that can come into that relationship and it be wholesome and it be holy. Because he does not deal with religion. We understand that if you read in the scriptures how at one point in time you read how he had uh, delineated some things that needed to be done. What the children of Israel were supposed to do to show that they are in a relationship with him. And certain things they had to refrain from and all of these things. But then when you notice that when uh, the Lord came down in the personage of Christ, how he then... Uh, showed us that no religion was involved. He wants you as yourself. That's what he wants. He wants you wholeheartedly yourself. And from the beginning, that's the way it was. Even when uh, Adam and Eve had done some things that he said that they should not do, he showed that he was still a loving God. Religion wasn't a part of who he is. Never has been, never will be. In the beginning, starting at Genesis uh, chapter 1, of course, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. 
God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning one day. Now that, that, that makes someone, we know that all of this scientific, philosophical, intellectual mind have something to say about that because they have decided that uh, a day is 24 hours forgetting that all of our intellect comes from God and it'll be proven here even Satan knows that he knows that uh, God gave you your mind he knew that God created us in our his image and for his pleasure we are and were created he knows this but he was a trickster. Okay, so evening and morning was the first day. Uh, the Lord showed, it shows that what he does, we talked about that before, the Lord does his most awesome things in our lives when we can't see it. In the hardest places, in the darkness of our situations, he's working it out for our good. Okay, then the Lord said, then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning, the second day. Many say, oh man, 24 hours God can do. He created us. And then he even says, there's a scripture that says that we talked about this before also, that to God a thousand years is like a day. Many are saying that we, we talked about the, the preacher Darwin, <laughs> who said that it took millions, trillions, billions of years, all of these things. That's his sermon. And it is well received. But when the Lord tells you that he does things the way he does it, that's hard to receive if that is your your way of thinking. So we're not talking religion tonight. I'm just telling you preacher Darwin would tell you it took billions and trillions of years because he knew that he could not prove anything that God did except you go by the way he said. Science actually proves that what this word says is so. But they have a gift to tell you the molecules. They, they have a gift of telling you what's inside the soil. The very things that God created, they have that anointing to, uh, to explain that. But they cannot deny what God says. You could, but you would just be a liar. Anyway, here we are again. Then the Lord says, then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one. Uh, gathered into one place. And let the dry ground, dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the water he called seeds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit and seed, and in accordance in its accord in it according to their kind and it was so then you'll go on you'll hear how the Lord was talking about how he allowed he created the uh, the fruit bearing trees and the seed plants with seeds in it for man to eat and how he said that every green 
herb was for the animals to eat. He even said that he created men, mankind, man and woman, in his imaging likeness. He even said that he created them to be in authority over everything else that he created here on earth. The animals, the fish in the seas, all of these things. He was even so excited with what he created, he had Adam to name the animals. And everything that Adam named, he, he liked it. He said, that's good. Everything God created, it was good. We're talking about you are God's eternal New Year's resolution. He forever wants to please you. And it sounds, wait a minute, that's not what I heard. I heard that he's a God that just plays with you, just want to torment you when you do things wrong. He wants to just wreak havoc in your life. Not so. Even when you read this particular chapter, how even when the enemy came in after Eve was uh, uh, created from Adam, and the Lord took dust of the earth, one moment, when you read in the word, especially Genesis, we talked about before, Genesis wouldn't have been, was not uh, the actual first book of the word. The Lord allowed that word to be written because he gave it to the prophets and through the process of time, because his name Genesis, meaning beginnings, they put it at the front of the book. But even when you're reading Genesis, you will notice that the first chapter is talking about the whole entire synopsis of the creation but then when you start looking at two you start seeing details about what happened before some things took place such as he was already talking about the rain and things in chapter one but in chapter two when he's talking about um, creating mankind it shows that rain hadn't even taken place yet but he already had the waters and the, there was a mist that made the the dirt moist and from that dust he created mankind. Awesome God. Dust. Not the dirt, but the dust. And, and then when scientists, those that are gifted, and especially those who have gotten into it, even if they are not uh, uh, in a relationship with the Lord, because they have that gifting, that ability to tell you, to explain to you all of the, the miraculous, the fantastic phenomena that God created in this world, it will link back to this. That's why uh, the enemy wants the, the Word of God, we call the Holy Bible, to be considered a history book. And everything else in Darwin's religion is okay because that what is exactly what it is. Evolution is a religion. It has nothing to do with science. But then there was a point where you hear in the, in the, the creation how the Lord had told Adam and Eve about the tree that's in the midst of the garden, the tree of life. And then there was another tree of good and evil. Don't deal with that. Don't touch it. He said the first time you do it, you eat from that tree, then you're going to die. And then you, you, you saw that Satan was there. And many people have have alluded to Eve having sexual intercourse with Satan. That's the reason why she realized that she was naked. And that's the reason why uh, uh, the Lord had to uh, put clothes on them and all of these sort of things because they, they speculate that, that that invention of our intellect that the Lord gave us, a part of himself, the, aid, the ability to think and create a thing by what we say. We think it, we can say it, and then we'll find our way of making it produce. 
That's why you have so many psychics talking about the just the the subconscious of your mind, whatever you thinking on, you attracting, and all of these sort of things. When the truth of the matter is, you were created in the image and likeness of God. You have that ability, that supernatural ability to make things happen. God already said it in his word when he said you were created like him. So, here Satan is trying to confuse Eve and he's so disgruntled. And many would say, well, why is Satan even in the garden? Because if you look at this, the, the scripture, the way it is, the Lord wouldn't have created anything chaotic. But you heard how this world was void and darkness and all of these things. It seemed like there was something that took place that he had to fix and clean up. Satan was already kicked out of heaven. And he still loved him enough to give him a spot, trying to show even an archangel that I love you. He created music in him, flashy. Every time, and they were saying scientifically, when you see music playing, it's lights. So this, this joker had to be having music, all of lights flashing every time he moved. Instruments inside of him. And he wasn't satisfied. He had to be worshipped. He wanted to be like God. Worshipped. And the Lord still loved him enough to allow him to have a place. Now, when we're talking about the Garden of Eden, I see it just like our lives. A lot of people say that heaven and earth is here. Both is here on earth. That's not so. The word didn't say that. We can have a, a spiritual hell on earth. And we can have experiences that make us feel like we have heaven on earth. But they are literal places according to what the word says. But here we are. He's so jealous that God created something like him. That he loves so much. That he's willing to take care of and give them the whole world to take care of. And he wasn't having any of them. So I see it, I say, that let's, we're talking about the liberty. Now we're talking about when people say don't add or subtract to the scripture. No, let's be real what the word says, and I'm not adding to it, or I'm not subtracting to it. We are elaborating on it. What he said was when he told John, when he wrote the prophecy in Revelation, don't add or subtract to this prophecy. And that he said not to do, because if you take away with what he was saying, what he was prophesying, then you had an issue. We can elaborate, and we can even ask the Lord about some things. Now, we know that uh, the scriptures were talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Goodness, meekness, temperance, and gentleness, all of these things. And, and then the fruits of uh, uh, corruption. And we notice that even in scripture, we're talking about King Nebuchadnezzar when he, uh, spiritually, when he was having a dream and he saw this huge tree and the leaves all green and everything. And, and, and how Daniel was telling him that that tree represented himself. He was that tree that was taken care of so much and had so much entrusted to him. So if they were looking at that perspective, it was a spiritual situation. If the tree represented someone, then we would know that truly the tree of life would be Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He tells you that he's the door. 
He's the good shepherd. And so if the tree of good and evil was there that the Lord said not to talk to, if you wanted to look at it there from that perspective, that would be Satan. Satan knew good. He knew he was in heaven. He knows who God is. He knows what the Lord is capable of. He knows he's loving and he's caring. He knows that he's the omnipotent one, all-powerful, omniscient one, all-knowing, and omnipresent one, present everywhere at the same time. He knows this. But the joker is stuck on stupid and cannot get past God. That's why he does the dumb junk that he does. He wants to take everyone to be with him. He's just, he can't help himself. The word says clearly, he's the father of lies. Lies started with Satan. There was nothing like that before he, he decided to uh, take a third of heaven with him. When he failed. He was influential. So that showed even you'll find further along in the scriptures how even it says that uh, uh, the, the uh, angels started sleeping with the women. Now you know angels that love the Lord wouldn't do that. Because the word clearly says, and you'll find that in the word further when Christ said that in heaven there will be no marriage nor any given in marriage. Because we are going to be with him. We're going to be like angels. We won't desire earthly things. We won't need that type of a relationship because we have perfected love. So here, uh, the enemy was the fallen ones had done these things and created giants and all of these chaos. And so, and here you are with he still trying to convince people of things, anything to get you off of God. So you hear about aliens. Yeah, that would be an alien and something that God didn't create. And so you hear all the fun, fun, fantastic things that the, the, the preacher Darwin taught many, and they are believing it. They're even talking about they're trying to find these other uh, planets where there's other life on it. Could be, but the Word didn't tell you to concentrate on those things, and he didn't say it anyway. He said he created one spot for us. There was no, and if he, why would he lie? All these other things are for a reason, but that wasn't for us. So here we are. Where am I getting at? That we are God's eternal, eternal uh, New Year's resolution. After Satan had tricked Eve, Adam had gone just for a little bit, gone off a little bit. And Satan talking to her, convincing her, because he heard what God was saying, that how she was going to be the mother of all living. He's jealous. He wants seed. He wants someone to worship him. He cannot create a body. So he wants to use the gifts that God gave us, our bodies, and then use us for his bidding. That's what he wants to do, because he cannot create. And he knows that if he can Get someone to mix light with darkness. You have a monster. And the Lord says clearly the two are not the same. They have no relationship with one another. Because as soon as the, there's darkness and a light comes on, darkness will have to flee. He said all of these things. But even when she was tricked. Let's go to that. The third Chapter when he said, now serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. 
And see, the serpent was not Satan. The serpent was a serpent. That the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? So that means that Satan had to enter there, right? Why would an animal tell you something that God didn't say? Because the animals even obey the Lord. He said, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You are already like him. He said you created in his image and likeness. But she forgot that. He said, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She took some of its fruit and ate it. And also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And the Lord, then you read further how he came and he started. He knew what was going on. The man and the woman heard the sound of the Lord as he coming through the garden. And they hid among the trees like you can hide from him. See, that's what the enemy does. He causes fear. The fruit of rebellion. And that's what it was. She eating of rebellion. Causes fear. That it causes doubt. And, and the few that the enemy has for us, the, the, the disgruntledness, dissatisfaction, a distrust, all of the dis, disliking. He tempting her with something that she thought would be better than what she had. There's nothing better than what the Lord gives you. You are his gift. Whatever he has given you as a gift or talent, your abilities, however he made you look, your hair texture, your skin tone. You are beautiful or you are handsome. You are the unique gift that God created you to be. We talk about it all the time how the Lord even loves the sound of your voice when you're waking up. Uh, the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Some people say, well, well that's a 100 sums. When you're talking about they say, well, I can't sing well. The Lord doesn't care. He doesn't hear like we do. We wouldn't have even thought it was bad if the enemy hadn't been alone there talking negative. Because the Lord would never say that you are out of tune or you're singing badly. He loves to hear your voice. He loves to call your name. And here they are afraid. They are scared. Thinking that the Lord is about to rip them apart. They did something wrong. They know it. And he said, what happened? Why are you? Where are you? We heard you coming, Lord, and we're afraid. He said, because we were naked and we hid. He said, who told you that? Who told you you were naked? Then he immediately asked him, did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, of course, the woman you gave me to be with, she gave it to me, gave me some of that fruit, and I ate it. 
And he asked the woman, what is this you have done? And she said, the serpent deceived me, which was true. He did. And she ate it. And the Lord said to the serpent, he didn't get on to them first. You think it will rip them from stem to stern? Mm-mm. He went to the source. Still trying to give Satan a chance. I told you, Joker, I love you. He, he kicked him out of heaven. You can't be up there, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to try to use those gifts I gave you. And you're still acting like you don't have good sense. So here he is. He told him, because you've done this, you are cursed more than any livestock. And more than any wild enemy. Talking to the serpent now. Because the serpent was used by the enemy. Apparently the, even the serpent knew not to let some things happen. That sounds strange. This is before sin even took place. Everything was perfect. Lions and tigers and bears was together. Nobody re uh, uh, ravishing each other. Everything was in harmony. And so he said, because you've done this, mm, I'm sorry, you're going to be uh, cursed more than any livestock and any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Now he's not talking about the serpent then. He was talking about the serpent at first, being used. And then he's immediately talking about the source in the serpent after that. You joker. You're going to always be nipping at Christ's heel. And he's going to stomp your head. Then he said to the woman next, he goes to the source. That's what the Lord does. He always goes to the source. He, he had gone to the serpent first. Then he attacked the enemy because, of course, it's what the enemy is. He did his thing. And then he went to the woman and he said, I will intensify your labor pains. That's what he said. Now, when you give birth, because she already had kids. See, that's where a lot of people didn't understand right there. She already had children. He created her. As soon as he had created her, she was to become the mother of all living. He named her then. But she already had kids. If it wasn't so, when Cain was taken away because he killed his brother and he had already gone to a town, he met people. Now that's where a lot of the, the, the religion comes in there at, where they don't believe that that's impossible. It had to take years and trillions and billions of years or miles. For this to take place. We know that even in a few hundred years. What has happened even in America. And the Lord says in the word. One day is like a thousand years to him. So if it took even six thousand years. To do what he said he did. From the time he redone. What the enemy tore up. <laughs> How is that impossible. That the world was not populated. When he created her for that purpose. After that, no woman, other woman, of course, was created to populate the earth. She was going to become the mother of all living. Her purpose, his plan for her. He loved her still so much, but he said, I'm sorry, darling, but you now from now on, you're, you're going to have intensified labor pains. 
And your desire is going to be for your husband. Right now, you all are uh, 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 on the same plateau. And you don't have to have his final say. And then it became that she would have to have his final say on some things. That was her punishment. He didn't beat her up. It seems like a, a total uh, uh, <laughs> a prison sentence if the man doesn't understand that he's still under the authority of God. You have some that want to get out of line. That's not what the Lord said. Then he went to the man. He said, because you listened to your wife and ate the, from the tree, which I command you not to, the ground is cursed because of you. And you're going to eat from it because he was supposed to eat from the fruit of the trees. Now you're going to have to start eating from some things from the ground. And it's going to produce thorns and thistles for you. And, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat your bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground. Since you were taken from it, for dust you are. And dust you will return. The Lord then went on and he killed some animals. Because he loved them so much. Loved us so much. He knew those fig leaves wasn't going to do it now. What was the big deal? People were saying it had to be sexual. No, it was spiritual. Uh, he gave, yes, sexual intercourse to men and husband and wife, yes. And everybody else off limits. And some of us, like I had, had blown it. But yes, it had to be even beyond that. It was a spiritual thing because our bodies is his temple, is his house, is his sanctuary. And now it was open for everybody to touch and, and to, to do whatever they wanted to do. And he had to fix it where it wasn't so open season. And he loved them so much and he put uh, animal clothes, skins on them. But then he said, you can't stay here now. I'm sorry, darling. You cannot stay here. This is what's for the, before you sin. But he still took care of them. He let them know what was going to take place. And he never was going to leave them. Because we are always his eternal resolution. That you are mine and I am yours. It's his desire that we become one. He even came down many times through the scriptures. And finally he came down and through the personage of Christ. To let us know just how much. He's keeping his promise. You are my resolution. You are me and I'm you. We're in this thing together. I want you to always be with me. Now we know that he started out with the creation. And then he's going to end with the creation. Because in Revelation 21 he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. You are his eternal 
New Year's resolution. Now, many of us, we, 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 we're taking this time out because there's so much going on in the world. We, we, we hearing about diseases, and it's not the first time that we've heard about pandemics, but this one is more publicized than the others. There was the H1N1 that was spoken of years before we start seeing these things. We, we heard about uh, SARS. We heard about smallpox. We heard about the, uh, the mad cow disease. We heard about different uh, flus like the swine flu and all of these things over and over and over again. And the Lord has still remained with us. He's still showing us that you are my eternal New Year's resolution. Every time the enemy comes to do anything to you, to attack your house, to attack your life, to make you feel less than what I created you to be. If he gotten you to the point where you have become dissatisfied with who you are and you've forgotten your capabilities, if you've forgotten how precious and priceless you are, and it's torn up all around you. I'm going to recreate that situation for you. Reestablish everything about your life and remind you, you are my forever resolution. You are mine and I am yours. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You might have been forsaken by people. You might have lost someone that you loved this year. I lost my mother July the 19th, and we buried her on my birthday on July the 26th. Many people say your birthday will never be the same. I actually felt it was an honor because, for one, my mother was there when uh, I was born. She saw me open up my eyes, and she celebrated my life. I wasn't in the room when she closed hers, but it was an honor to celebrate her on the day that I was born. So, oh no, but my birthdays will always be awesome to me. I always felt they were anyway, but now they, they really hold a special place. When we start seeing that everything, like he said, what Apostle Paul the Lord, he was so awesome when he, he gave a, a, a man that was once religious, so into religion. And also had another nationality that he knew the Greek culture. And able to talk to people from different walks of life. And understand that because they are different and even though they may be doing some things totally against what God says, but God's resolution is that none should perish. None should go to hell, but they have eternal life with him. That he would get this man and talk to Greek men who, and the Roman men and their culture, talking about the music industry. The enemy is still... Wreaking havoc in the music industry because he has music in him. So he wants to set up contracts. And I know people say, oh, conspiracy theorists and this. Read the word. You see that I'm not lying to you. The enemy is not going to change his ways. The Lord says he comes to do three things and he does that well. To steal, to kill, and destroy. He doesn't tell you all the time what methods he's going to use to do it. But his purpose is uh, modal operandi stays the same. Steal, kill, and destroy. 
here in the music industry, you are hearing more and more people come out with different lifestyle choices. And people are saying, oh, the Christian people say, oh, I can't handle that. I heard this one gentleman, and it was so profound because it's the truth. Going back to nakedness. you stripped of who you thought you were. You're afraid now. And um, this one um, Christian artist came out and said that he's gay. He was once a pastor, has children, a wife, and all that. He had lost his mother and all these things. And, and it was coming out how he, when he does, um, uh, I was listening to Larry Reed live. You all listened to him. I caught someone was listening to it, and I'm really excited, but I pray for him. And think he's so funny. And a lot of people don't understand his platform. That particular platform that you see is comedic. I mean, it's like news commentary. But anyway, and he was uh, was talking about how this man had said that when he's doing um, his music. And he has a gift. I mean this young man has a gift. He can sing like nobody's business. And his word, his music is the word. Yes. And here he is to the point he totally denied his wife in saying that he feel that people were born this way and he knew the word. And see, what hurts people is that they think that God does not love people who make choices that is against what he says. He proved that that's not true. He still love us. He still make ways for us to get us back to him. He doesn't mean for anyone to throw someone away and, and, and cast them aside and all of these sort of things. Yes, I know religion and say, oh, I can't handle that. There was a young man I was listening to that said, and uh, he was talking about, what if a pastor, you hear pastors say, oh, I used to fornicate, I used to do drugs, and, and I used to do this, I used to be a pimp, and all of these things, and they, oh, pastor, hallelujah, thank you. God delivered you. But what if he said, I used to be a homosexual. I used to have men in my life. I used to do this. And they wouldn't want to hear that. It's like we pick and choose who God loves and who he's going to deliver. Where someone is hurting, they're hurting to the Lord. Nothing that we do is worse than what someone else has done. We don't know why people go through what they have gone through. Circumstances could have been that we could have been in those circumstances. If it were us, we want the, the uh, compassion. But because it hits the religious nerve. Oh, don't let them come to church. Are you crazy out of your mind? Lost your senses? That's somebody's child. That's somebody's husband, brother, cousin, sister, uncle, daddy, mama. That's somebody's child. You don't want them to come to God? Are you serious? Yes, the, uh, the Lord had Apostle Paul to talk to certain churches and tell them there's certain order of things that have to be in church. In the service, yes, if you're doing the Lord's work, then yes, there's some things that you have to sit down if you're doing. But it didn't tell you to not let people come who are naked and hungry and been through some dirt, sure enough, ugly stuff. And they may still be hurting and bleeding, and when you're bleeding, it smells. They were talking about the young man, how he decided he, was go he had to go outside of church to field church. Somebody said, what? It's true. You know it's true. How people, they get to the point of so much religion 
that they forget that the only way you can have a relationship is to get to know God. To know a relationship with him, you have to know him, let him get to, to talk to you and love on you. And he's not going to throw you away because he sees and knows all things. And why? He'll go to the source. We just need to let him go to the source. People say, well, I can't let that person sing on the choir. You need to let these people be where the presence of the Lord is. Now, if they're leaders, yes, they need to be. We have to talk to you. Let's love on you for a while. But don't throw them out of church. If your church is so religious, you need to shut the doors in. The truth of the matter is we are the church. We are the bride of Christ, male and female. It doesn't mean that he is not a vile thing. He said you must worship him first in the spirit and then in the truth of who you are. Because the spirit you cannot see. God sees that. But in the spiritual, he'll show you things that are even more real than what we see. And he wants people to know that you are his forever New Year's resolution. Everywhere you are, as long as you exist, there will always be a New Year's resolution for him because it's eternal. You are mine. Anytime something's messed up, I'm going to have to fix that for you. One thing he fixed permanently, one time deal, don't have to do it again. And that's when he came and died for everything, every vile thing. None of this stuff is new. We're talking about in the music industry and you hearing about these people coming out with homosexualities and, and it's, it's influencing the culture. Young people, women are changing now the, their looks to look like men, act like men because they're relating to what they needed in their life. And other, uh, other words. And, and people see that. They know this. But the enemy will keep talking in your ear to make them feel like they're wrong. They're bad. You're not wrong. We do wrong things. But you as a person are not wrong. You were good. God said you were good and very good. What we do might not always be. But he still loves us. He wants us to let everyone come to him. And you see in the music culture. And people don't understand when these uh, artists sign contracts, they begin doing things that you didn't think they were going to do before. It's because it's in the contract. The enemy is there. He's jealous. The Greek culture, the old ancient Greek culture with the, the sexuality, let's talk about that first. Some could be seen to be effeminate acting. Uh, and when they saw sex, they didn't see it as homosexuality. As a matter of fact, it was like a, a class thing. The wealthy, uh, uh, and you can Google it, research it, you'll see it too. And it was saying that the men and certain groups would, if they're free men, they didn't have a problem with whom they were going to have intercourse with or have a relationship with. And they wanted these boys from 12 to 20 years old. After that, you know, they didn't bother them. And some men, they said, they did not even have uh, intercourse. But they would do some things such as take their, uh, their jewels and put between a man's thighs. This sounds expensive. That's the reason why I talk when the children are not there. But anyway, they put them through a man's thighs and not have intercourse, no penetration. Some would sit there in, in, in certain groups. They would be nude and, and, and they would be looking at each other and drinking, sharing the same wine. 
It's like philosophy. And, and, and the older man was supposed to be a mentor to the younger man. See how twisted the enemy is doing and teaching him things. And the younger man will bring beauty to the relationship. But the older man will be the wisdom and the provider. And then at the same time, we'll be with women. So they didn't see the difference, you know, in, in that aspect. And the Roman soldiers, they wanted muscular men to have sexual intercourse with. Muscular men, how who they were going to find that muscular brusque, the gladiators and the soldiers. And it was like a class thing. Uh, uh, they didn't see it as being homosexual at all, but you know that the Lord already said these things. So the different cultures, they were accepting things. And that has trickled in the music industry now. That has trickled even in our culture now. None of these things have changed, even from the old. And now you got religion acting like we don't understand that this is not new. Then you acting, the, the enemy wants you to say, well, listen here, if you don't accept this and that and other, then you are wrong. No, you accept the person, but as a Christian, it makes it difficult because people make you feel like they want to say that you are unloving. That's not the truth. You love with everything in you. You can't help but love. You're compelled to love. It doesn't mean you have to bash people. You just live the life. You never tell someone not to come to the house of God. You never stop loving on them with the love of God. How can you hate anyone and you are created in God's image? How can you hate anyone and you say that you believe the Messiah is yours? How? If you have him in you, you cannot stop loving someone. You cannot help but go to the truth, the source of the matter, because you were created in his image and likeness. And that's what the Lord did. He didn't bash them. He said, I asked you not to. And because you did this, this is why. And when you're giving someone the word, what the Lord says, you're reminding them of what the Lord said. That if this is done, then this must take place. But at the same time, you can't help but tell them what he desires. And that is them. He desires all of us. We are his eternal New Year's resolution. He created it from the beginning for us. And you saw that even in Revelation 21, look at it for yourself. Go to Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And then go to Genesis and Revelation 21 and see how he started with the creation. And then he's going to end with one. After all this foolishness that the enemy is going to do. And the Lord is still trying to give us an opportunity to get things right. And the enemy is even going to have a time to do some things that he <laughs> can't help but do because he's nasty he's sick he's he's just demented he's just destructive a liar a con artist he's fearful he's blasphemous every evil thing he is and he wants to recreate it he wants division and we see how he's doing that even in the society he wants so much fear and then when you have faith of the things that the Lord says to you, he wreaks havoc and, 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 and puts stumbling blocks in your way. Someone asked me, am I afraid if, if Facebook decided that they never want me to speak on here again? What, what would I do? What I was doing before you all ever heard of me coming on here still talking about the love of God? I joined Facebook in 2014 and the Lord had told me that he 
uh, wanted me to go on the social medias and uh, and fear was staying away. We don't know it's fear all the time. How will people accept you? What are they going to say? And all of these sort of things. Uh, do they think you're crazy? And all of this thing. And the Lord had allowed me to meet this wonderful young lady and her three children. And they encouraged me to go on what the Lord had already said. They didn't know that. And um, I, I did. And, um, and just recently, some of the things the Lord has said in his word that uh, has happened. You know, they'll reject you. People say, well, this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to get so angry with people that don't believe like you. They have not even entered a relationship with the, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants, the enemy wants you to get so angry with them because they're doing things that maybe you once had and you got delivered from. Or you're still struggling with, but because someone hurt you so badly... Uh, that it your flesh gets in the way when you hear that they are doing something. It's like everybody didn't do that to me. They they just got on to me and that. No, the truth is the word says that the world will hate you. What does that mean? That's a culture, different cultures. The culture of uh, and the relationship of the Lord. The culture that you have with Him is to strive for light and peace. And you hear the enemy talk about all the time, light, follow the light, the illumination of things. He wants to enlighten things because he is, he's beautiful. But he's not talking about a relationship with who is truly the light. When you are in two different cultures, there are some things that you don't understand about the other. And in the world's culture, everything that's not like God is okay. And in the Lord's culture, everything that the world wants to do is not okay with him. So the two are in enmity with each other. The cultures. But the Lord says, he created us in his image and likeness. Not that culture. The enemy has created a culture. The world culture is systems, it's beliefs. Is dementedness. Now, we talk about, a lot of people were saying, well, it's just the men becoming homosexual, the women coming home. That's not new. Why entertain the enemy? He doesn't care. He's seeking for a vessel. He doesn't care. That's the reason why he would have a human being to even have intercourse with animals. And then psychologists and psychiatrists would give it a name. The Lord gave it a name too. Three letters, sin. We can get uh, uh, creative with the adjectives, use a little adverbs, but it's still sin to him. It's a noun. And that's what the enemy wants to do. Point fingers, get you so divided. He doesn't care. He's sitting back laughing. He knows he has a time to do what he has to do, but he doesn't care. As many as he can take. And if you read in uh, uh, Revelations also, you'll read uh, doing Ezekiel and, and, and find out how he took a third of heaven. You notice in Revelation, it's going to talk about when certain uh, angels are pouring out the punishments. Because there is a punishment for things that we have done, even to this earth. And then Revelation talks about that, and he's talking about how a third 
of mankind will be killed in this, a third of the animals of this, and a third of that. Still showing that the enemy still doing what he's doing. The, the archangels assigned to their jobs have their creative abilities. Don't lose their gifts. Lord didn't take Satan's gifts from him. He doesn't take gifts from us. And that's what the enemy is doing. He's stealing. He's borrowing. He's, he's trying to use us to keep us from being who God created us to be. He can never stop us from being the image and likeness of God. That will never change. He can hinder us from having a true relationship with him. And that's what all of this stuff is about. Uh, someone was saying, well, um, there's certain social medias, the way they describe it, that the only ones are on there are uh, conspiracy theorists and all of this sort of stuff. If you're talking about the Lord and if you're talking about uh, against sin and what people call natural lifestyles and all this stuff and you talk about how the Lord is going to deal with it, then they say you're a conspiracy theorist. That's fine. Say what you want to. It's okay. But I know the true and living God is loving. He doesn't want us to hurt. He doesn't want us to have to go through any bad things. He does whatever he can to keep us with him. You are his eternal New Year's resolution. So whatever you're going through tonight, if you lost your job, you don't know if you're going to have food for tomorrow, or maybe you just ate cooked enough tonight, that may last you to the end of the week. And you know that unless some Lord sends somebody. Or some miracle. You don't know how you're going to have anything on Monday morning. If the Lord allows you to live. Been there many times. And I'm here. Because he's going to make a way. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He doesn't take back his promises. He doesn't just say things just to tickle your ears, to tantalize your flesh. He doesn't do that. He doesn't play with you like that. He goes in for keeps. And that's what he meant. He's going to take care of you. He said you don't even have to worry about what you're going to put on, what you're going to eat. That's going to be done for you. Now, we have to understand, Satan comes in that too. And he mess with people and get them jealous or get them to be hateful or get them to be stingy and, and hinder, hindering them from coming to you directly. But believe this, you want to get what you have to have. As long as you are here, you're going to get what you have to have. And if you can just remember that I'm still here, you already know. It's around the corner. Somebody's coming to give it to you. Some of you might have even forgotten because uh, you not, haven't been around anyone to remind you of your greatness. They might have seen that um, some things that you said was to come to pass that doesn't seem to be there yet. Don't realize that what the Lord says is going to be. You have some hindrances, but it's going to be. If you know that there's a position for you, and oh, because of all of this junk that the enemy allowed mankind to create, and God, people are so fearful getting them to away from each other, and yes, I know 
that he's doing some stuff. Because he is a con artist like that. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. He wants to annihilate people. He likes to inflate things. He wants to wreak havoc. Because you got to understand the ultimate goal is to get a cashless society. To get you with one number. If they can say conspiracy theorists all you want to. Read the word you'll find in the revelation. Get the whole world to listen to one ruler. You know that's going to have to be some sort of agreement. He even talks about how there are going to be some leaders that didn't even get along with some. But for one hour, they're going to come together and create a treaty to give power to one leader. Where everyone can't buy or sell except they have that mark on their right hand on the forehead. Where it says that. We see mankind trying to do things that they think they are so inventive, so innovative. Oh, I just come up with some brand new stuff. Seriously? Are you really serious? The enemy is using uh, God's creation against themselves, but not against God. He's, the enemy knows it's not really about against God. He can't do anything against God. He can hurt his feelings. He can cause us to disappoint him. He can cause the Lord's heart to hurt. When the Lord says that, told Eve not to do that because she would die. You ever heard say, oh, I feel like I'm going to die. The Lord's heart hurt when that happened. And immediately she did die in that relationship, but the Lord restored it all. That he had to eventually come down and die for us. I want to thank you all for joining me. I really do. And Miss Amelia, thank you for joining me. I want you to know that you didn't stop by here for nothing. That ministry that's in you for teaching, that ministry in you for singing, and that ministry for the word. Definitely for teaching children, even in music, is in you. Do it. Do everything God told you to do. And he's going to give you the resources to do it. I thank God for you. I know he's about to exalt you. And everybody that talked about you, you don't have to say anything. Your life is going to be the testimony. This is what I say all the time. And if you come back and hear me again, I'm going to say it again and again. And that's I love you with all of my heart. And that's the truth. And this is also what I'm going to say. And it's much more important. That the Lord loved you first. And he loves you best. God bless you. You are his eternal resolution. Good night.